0: Barstool. Oh, snap. Yeah, it uh, didn't work out to bring in Andrew today. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but JR was gracious enough to join me last minute, and it ended up being fun. Uh, if you're not a, an American football, fantasy football person, uh, it's up to you. You may want to fast-forward to the first 20 minutes, because uh, we talk about it for a while. Uh, for those who don't know, I mean, fancy sports in general used to be my career so uh, I also consider it to be somewhat related to uh, strategy with Facebook ads and marketing in general and uh, everything goes on there and preparation and what have you but uh, we do eventually get to campaign design so that applies to Facebook ads applies to email some of the things I'm doing some of the things I'm frustrated with some of the things I enjoy so I think this is a good one sit back Relax. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from John and John Limmer Digital on Facebook. Here's another edition of the social media podcast for each week. Eh, I gotta start saying every other week. I invite you to the virtual pub, and we get drunk on social media. So, not to disappoint everybody today, uh, but there's no Andrew. I know it's usually it's every four weeks and we geek out on Facebook ad stuff. Uh, Andrew's out in the boonies, is the way he worded it. I think that's a midwestern thing. Do we, does anyone else say boonies? Do you say boonies, Jr.?
1: I do say boonies. You do say you do say boonies.
0: So he's out in the middle of nowhere in the boonies, and uh, bad internet connection, and whatnot. So I uh beg JR to no nah, beg JR to come come on again. Um usually he's only every four four weeks as well, but we made it every two for now. Um so we can talk about I don't know what. I don't know if he's prepared. I'm not prepared. That's that's a bad way to start, I guess. But how's it going, Jr?
1: It's going really, really well. And we already have a new topic and the word bonies. So I have a friend that his nickname is Boney. So I've been saying Boney's since I was seven years old. Nice. So, yes, yeah, so I use the word Boney's, but I'm talking about my boy, Boney. What's up, Boney. It, I know you're listening, up, Boney. Boney.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm going to pour this on to him because he's going to get a shout-out to Boney. So, <laughs> so what, why, why was he Boney? Just because his last name is Boone or something? Great question. So his last name is Bond. And
1: I think, I'm not sure if they call James Bond Boney as well, but I don't know why. Dude, Is that's the Tony, best last name ever. Just go by Bond, man. Jeez. Yeah. Daniel Bond, we call him Boney. And and even shorter, I call it, well, not shorter, a little longer, Boom Boom. So I call him Bone boom, boom on occasion, boom and he boom. calls me John John.
0: So Aww, that's cute. There we
1: go. We still call each other that since we were... Eight years old, nine years
0: old. Now you're old. <laughs>
1: All right, man. Right.
0: Well, well, you know how it works. I, God, I hope you have a beverage of some sort. But what do you got?
1: Well, since you decided to, since you decided to make it a last second hail mary pass to me, to to take Andrew Foxwell's responsibility. I had to call an audible. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm using lots of football terms because I'm getting ready for my draft next Wednesday, one week away. I called the audible. I'm doing a shot of fireball.: Oh okay. <laughs> hey, that works. So, so if has anyone ever done a shot on the podcast?
0: No. No one has.. There we go.
1: So you, you know what else? I have no, a
0: shot of- you know what else? No one's done on the podcast. What? Taking two shots of Fireball. Oh god!
1: I only, I only poured one, so we will. I, I will have to make sure the waitress brings me
0: another one because I only have one in
1: front of me. All
0: right. Well, I'm I'm going weak. Then I'm going Ballast Point, uh, the calm before the storm, cream ale with coffee and vanilla. That's what I'm wearing. Ballast on. Point is in San Diego, so word. All right, man. Cheers to you. Enjoy. Right. Bottoms up. Yeah. So speaking of uh, football,
1: <coughs> hold on. Yeah, jeez,
0: there we go. shots there of fireball at 10
1: a.m. Oh there my god! Go.
0: Uh, speaking of football, I had my uh, social media pros uh, draft fantasy football draft. I won it two years ago. It was horrible last year because I had the first overall pick last year, and I picked Eddie Lacy. This year, I didn't prepare at all. I sent out, we'll go back to the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, uh, text to Matthew Barry from ESPN. And uh, he, he was somewhat, somewhat helpful. Kept me on path. And I got to say, I have a damn good team. Even with the first pick overall, again, which is like the worst pick ever to have, I think. Um, especially if there's just not any clear, true um, number one. But uh so, not only do I feel like I had a good draft, but like, you know, you out afterwards everybody's like, okay, list the five best drafts in your opinion, other than yours. Every single person listed my team. So, it's a good sign. Doesn't mean anything yet, but I like the fact that I didn't prepare at all. It's kind of like my, my, you know, my life. I don't know. In this podcast. Well, here's
1: right the be- here's the beauty of that you must be looking at my clipboard right now because fantasy football. Is a topic I want to talk about, and I know it's not social media, and I know I'm not Andrew Foxwell, and I know we're not starting off with business, but it is business (laughs) for me. I got one week to go, and I'm trying to get my head straight because I won last year. I've only played two years, and first year I finished in third place. First year I finished third place, best record, except I lost because oh, the Packers. Because oh yeah,
0: no, they were terrible. Their their offense was atrocious last year because basically because of Jordy Nelson. And you you drafted Jordy Nelson right? No,
1: two years ago. So two years ago, I had Jordy, I had Jordy, and uh, I killed it. I killed it all year until the one playoff game where he was horrible, and I lost. And then I won the third place. So first year, I finished third place. Last year, I finished first place, and I just got our trophy, which is a heavyweight belt. Like, oh, that's cool. Literally. Uh, literally. It's a heavyweight belt that has my name on it, and then the first year, Joey Chavez, so I guess I'm going to have to give a shout-out to him because he was the first-year winner. And, yeah, so that's coming tomorrow. I just ordered it yesterday because I am the commissioner for the league as well. So, yeah. So back to your fantasy football team. I got to know.
0: Yeah.
1: I got to know. So it's awesome. Yeah, it is. You've already picked the – so for those that – they're not going to like this show because this is going to be football (laughs) for a little bit. And, matter of fact, you should title that the social media football podcast. Maybe but we should do that.
0: And should. I, I think it's relevant too for anyone who knows me. I used to, my career used to be in fantasy sports, so it's cool. We can talk about this. All right. So, so tell me this.
1: You're you're approaching your draft
0: mm-hmm. now.
1: Yeah. This is annoying to me because, yeah, this shot's kicking in. It's annoying <laughs> to me because you love to cram. Oh, I love cram. As a process, I hate it and. Sometimes you just don't show up prepared. So, would you describe yourself in this draft not prepared
0: at all? Yeah, I, I had pretty much zero preparation. I, no um, kidding. I I put a lot of faith. I mean, this is where ESPN did good, right? Because I I know that look they've been fine tuning how they do their rankings for years, um, but also they have rankings if you're in a PPR league, points per reception league, which I'm in but they also have you know what what's the ranking how many points is this guy are these guys going to get based based on the projections based on your scoring system so that kind of stupid proved it for me it doesn't mean i automatically went with what what the recommendation was there but i basically flip-flop between you know what is their their PPR ranking how what's their projected points for this guy and that guided me quite a bit because it, it off cuz it was often, um, you know, I, I wouldn't... There, there, there are times I would have normally picked a different guy forgetting that, for example, like a running back who doesn't catch that many balls. And if they don't, they're not nearly as valuable. And that's that was probably my mistake last year, actually. So um, the, the preparation was minimal, mainly because ESPN was pretty good, I think, with their rankings. All
1: right, so if you were creating a blog on how to pick an amazing team... With no preparation, <laughs> the the
0: first bullet point would be ESPN. Well, let's, let's you know, let's wait and see how my team does. But the uh, the consensus seems to be I I done good.
1: Okay, well, with with that being said, I have. Do you in your first round, second round, third round, fourth round, do you have this algorithm that says I'm gonna get? Cause it's a wide receiver heavy uh, I know. year. So this this this
0: this was painful for me. Cause I, I I wrote about this in the league afterwards. I was like, I don't remember the last time I didn't take a running back in the first round. Cause my, I used to have yeah a formula. I would take running back first, um, uh, e- either a running back or a wide receiver second and third. And but I wouldn't take anything other than wide receiver or running back through four rounds. That's, that's the way it always was. Not not that that necessarily changed in terms of four rounds like that, but this is the first time I think I've ever taken a wide receiver, and I took Antonio Brown first overall. And um, but the the nice thing I think this year about the fact that there are no really true surefire running backs where they're all flying off the board in the run in the first round that they usually do, I was able to get. Um, both Lashawn McCoy and Mark Ingram with my next two picks, so I feel especially so, at PPR so you go wait
1: so, so stop right there, so you go wide receiver, running back, running back,
0: yep, wow, okay, which is again, in the past i it, I may have done it the other way, I may have gone running back wide receiver, wide receiver or running back, running back, wide receiver, but yeah, all right, so then so tell me. When the quarterback shows up. So for me, it was just a matter of, and, and Matt Barry even uh, told me that I screwed this up, but um, I, I still think I, I did all right. Um, it was just a matter of, I didn't like the options at running back, for like a third running back, as opposed to going with Andrew Luck.
1: So, so you went fourth round no, Andrew no, no. Luck.
0: I went, uh, I think it was fifth round Andrew, Andrew Luck. And not only that, I went seventh, I think it was seventh round, Tom Brady. Oh, okay. So so basically I, I got Tom Brady, I got Josh Gordon later too. Um so I'm, I'm kind of stacking for later later in the, the year and then have lots of either injury insurance or trade bait. So mm-hmm. uh So 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 what did what did he say you did wrong? Uh, He said basically, you know, once I took Luck, I should have stayed Mm -hmm. away from Tom Brady. Got it. But yeah, I mean, look, the the fact that Brock Osweiler went undrafted, Mm -hmm. went undrafted, is kind of confirmation that he's right. Like it's kind of ridiculous how easy it is to get a quarterback. Yeah. So.
1: That that's what that's what I'm thinking. Now I'm not telling anybody about the podcast so they then learn my techniques before our draft next Wednesday. But I am absolutely thinking of going Tom Brady in the seventh, and then like literally the fourteenth or fifteenth round of picking up the guy from Buffalo, mm-hmm. or 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 the, the the cat that you just said from the Broncos.
0: He's not on the Broncos anymore.
1: Well, I know he's not on the Broncos. He's out, was he on Houston? Yeah. Yeah. So so I like that. So tell me when a tight end shows up. So in your history of fantasy football, in the first four rounds, you've traditionally never picked a quarterback. Mm. You've never been the dude who picked Gronk? Nope. Yeah, we got a guy that I almost want to pick Gronk just to tick off a guy in my in my league who Loves Gronk, always picks him in the first round. No matter where
0: he's at, he picks him. Yeah, it's crazy. But no, I I am not again I'm, I'm just looking at my roster. I don't remember what round it was. Basically I went um with with Eifert. Um he he's hurt right now, but I later but he but I was able to get him late. I mean really late as a result. And then mm-hmm. um I think it was my third to last picks, so like fourteenth round. I I then got um uh, uh, J- Jason Witten, just to fill in in the meantime. Um, but yeah, l- last year I didn't even draft a tight end, so basically I just picked a. Whole, not that that draft worked for me, but I just drafted a whole bunch of running backs and wide receivers to see what would work and what you know, just you know, give give me some time on those and then wait till the last minute to pick up a tight end. Well, I, I thought about that <laughs> this year is not picking up a kicker or a defense. Yeah, and then picking up. I mean, defenses last year. I w- I would drop a d- drop and pick up a different defense almost every week. Just like basically, yeah. On, so did I. Matchups, yeah.
1: Yeah. So did I. I did the same thing, and for kickers, I could care less too. So I figure, why not draft as many as possible? See what happens over the couple of days before the Sunday, and then drop whoever two that I need to drop to. To pick up a defense and a kicker, and then those two players get locked out Yeah. <laughs> to, until the following week. Anyway, so but yeah, I, I
0: think I always pick the Packers defense, just because it's like, who cares? It's like, <laughs> and I mean, I often end up dropping them, but yeah, I, I end up I end up taking Packers D. I got I also got Dak Prescott. I got him late, so I ended up getting three quarterbacks, although only two of them are are active. Um, Three
1: quarterbacks, one tight end, one kicker. I, one got, I, got two, I got two
0: tight ends. Remember, one's hurt.
1: Oh right, I got two tight ends.
0: And wow. Then I got uh, Sterling Shepard, who's a rookie wide receiver for the Giants. He's a backup. I got Emmanuel Sanders. I got Eric Decker. Um, nah, it's uh, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good.
1: Yeah, those those are pretty good. So tell me this: when you're when I I think I heard you say Green Bay, that is your favorite team, correct? Right. How what's your thinking about picking up players that are your favorites when you're trying to win? Even though we yeah. we know that they they probably
0: suck. I mostly I mostly ignore it. <laughs> like it 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 comes into play. Like if I if there are two players I think are equal, and one's a Packer, I'm gonna take the Packer. And when it comes to like a picking a defense, I don't care. You know, and, and there weren't better defenses around at that point either. I mean, even ESPN ranked them as one of the best ones that was still available. So, whatever. Um, I, th- I think, you know, last year, like, when I had that first pick and I hated it and I didn't really like any of the options and I picked Eddie Lacy, that's an example where it backfired. Um, way back in the day. This had to be, like, late 90s, maybe early 2000s. I picked... Spreadsheets. Fall- yeah, I picked no, not yet. We we're we we're playing Yahoo. Um I I picked Favre first of all, first overall. And so I I don't think he did that great anyway, but um so that's one of the few times I ever went away from the running back first round thing. Um but the biggest mistake picking him is cuz it pretty much ruined the league because I don't think the controls were in play very good at the time in Yahoo. To prevent you from dropping someone by mistake, mm-hmm. by mistake, and so I think there was, it was even one of those things where like wasn't even a confirmation. You just hit a, hit a button wrong, or whatever, and he's gone. So I cut him, and I like <laughs> I was pleading with the league, like, please don't take him, please don't take him, please don't <laughs> take him. Just let me let me get him back. You know, there's no like commissioner or anything to add him back. And uh, one of my buddies from high school picked him up, and I was so pissed. And then, and then, so I, so I, I threw a fit and then in response, he cut his entire roster. Wow. (laughs) uh, That's what happens when you draft your your favorite player. Did you say he or she? He, he did. He did. It sounds like a she. uh, It was pretty, it was pretty ridiculous. It was pretty ridiculous. Wow. So
1: that's why. So, so, and since you didn't prepare, you have a, let's say you'll have an amazing team. You don't use a software because didn't you used to work at Roto or didn't you, weren't you involved with Roto world? Was it, what was it? Roto what?
0: Yeah, I, I worked at, I, I worked a little bit for Roto world. I, start, right. I started my own site and then, yeah, I went to the NBA after that.
1: So don't, so don't you, don't you believe in those those softwares that they have out there? Cause I'm debating on doing it. I'm debating on spending the 20 whatever, five bucks
0: to get whatever they say is an advantage. Uh, I mean, I haven't even looked at what that stuff is these days. I don't know why it would be such an advantage over just getting good rankings. Um, And plus... Because that's all you need is rankings, right? In my opinion. But then again, I, don't, I don't, this, this is a $50 commitment. So... Whatever. Got it. You know if, if yeah, and then you guys don't even have a trophy, do you? No, man. Yeah, that's right. I don't even have a trophy. It's ridiculous. Yeah,
1: well, you didn't win, so you
0: wouldn't have one. I so did two years ago. Have... I won two years ago, and I I bragged about it at social media marketing world. When I was speaking. It's the greatest thing.
1: Imagine if you could walk in, to the establishment where they're at, with a belt on. Yeah cuz that's what that's what I'm doing to the draft. I'm yeah. walking in. I'm going to put the belt over my shoulder like and gosh, I would say money way weather. I just said it. I'll say Muhammad Ali. I'm going to walk in like Ali with my belt over my shoulder. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. All right, so cool. So last thing on on fantasy cuz <laughs> I I am still intrigued about this because I'm still trying to figure out no, My. no. And
0: just to be clear. There's a time where I obsessed over this stuff, and I would well, spend I, I hours upon to. hours upon hours upon hours. I don't care anymore. I, it's, it's fancy. It, it's, it's. I think it's before. Not necessarily before I had kids. I was still obsessed them, but it's before I had three kids. Uh, and it you know things were not so crazy. Like they we're constantly going somewhere, like a different game, a different practice, and like there's so many commitments. So back then it's like I was obsessed with it. Now it's just it's just I actually I didn't really even want to play this year. I really didn't. But um I think someone trash talked me into it. I don't know. So so you're
1: not obsessed with designing the championship team anymore.
0: Nah. I mean look I'm competitive. I'm as competitive as it gets. So um I definitely wanna win, but I'm not gonna obsess over it like you know, cr- put together all these hypothetical trade scenarios that can work out and all that stuff. I'm like, psst, I'm just gonna win with what I got. What, what, what do you think of trading? What's your philosophy on trading? Have you you done it in the past? I used to. I I just find it's a lot of work for nothing because it's really really hard to find a trade that works out for both sides. So basically, what I'm trying to do is find a trade that only works out for me. ultimately because they need something in return i mean unless I have serious depth it's just it's gonna hurt me somewhere else and uh or else i'm just pulling you know i'm pulling something on them where i screw them over which i used to do too but oh
1: well i i like trades I traded for Jordy. I traded Adrian Peterson for Jordy the day before he was found out for beating his children or his child.
0: And to be clear, be <laughs> clear, Jordy did not beat anybody. It was Adrian Peterson. I think we just need to be very clear about that. That was not. Yeah. That's true. So
1: like two years ago, I made that trade and then it hit the, the wire that Adrian Peterson used to switch on his boy. So mm-hmm. I like trades. I wonder who's gonna beat their kids this year. Who knows? Oh, God. All right, but last last thing. Last Holy thing. cow! Like, we've been I'm talking fat. about
0: fantasy football for twenty minutes. What's up?
1: Right. Well, you you say you're competitive <laughs> and you say you like to win. Are you ready for the families' fantasy football draft? Because don't we have a draft this weekend?
0: I think so. I mean, that's one I'll I'll, uh, I'll be even less serious about because I don't. It's one I don't really want to win, you know. Some of us like want to let the kids win. <laughs> not <laughs> me, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> even like I remember the draft last year, I had like so many options, and like I just pretty much took Packers for the, for almost the entire draft. And obviously, that did not work last year, where the Packers offense was terrible. But uh, no, I don't. I don't care so much about winning that one.
1: Well, the only reason why I care more. Is just the fact that the boys laughed at my Tony Romo pick.
0: Well, it was a pretty stupid pick. But.
1: Well, first off, it was an auto draft pick because oh, yeah, I yeah. was having internet trouble, but it didn't matter when they laughed at the pick and they thought it was hysterical. <laughs> it, it,
0: it's under my skin still, so. Well, you I'm should definitely. You, you know You know how the best best way to get back at him is pick Tony Romo again.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially after he just <laughs> broke his back. So, exactly. All right, so so let's move on. Let's move from designing an amazing fantasy football team to designing campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have to talk about that because this week uh, John and I have been spending some time designing uh, maybe the ultimate campaign to help you know those who are the beginner stages get to the intermediate and get to the advanced and even get into the power hitters club we want to nurture and help teach and coach along the way well in order to do that we have to provide content and we have to create a campaign so for all those that are out there trying to think about how they design campaigns Tell, tell us your thoughts on your philosophy on campaign design and what you love and hate to do. Because before we got on the the podcast, you made a comment of something yeah. you hated about campaign design.
0: Well, first of all, wow, this, it, I I do enjoy this overall process. Especially, okay, let me, let me be clear. I enjoy especially the creating the ads process. Um, the email side of it is. Uh, kind of brutal, but, um, it is complicated. Um, I have put together quite a web of campaigns, of Facebook ad campaigns. Um, first of all, you know, I, I spent more than I probably ever spent just to promote webinars, free webinars over the last couple, two, three weeks. And, um, so now that those webinars happened, I've got these other campaigns running. So you attended this free webinar. You attended this intermediate webinar. Uh, make sure you sign up for the related program, four-week program. It starts next week. And uh, so I'm running those right now. And All right, the, hold on. Yeah, are you are you, are you still
1: Are you still drinking? Because that sounds crazy to me to pay for ads for a free webinar. Why, why would I even do something like that? And, you know, I, I'm asking this from the listener that's saying, what is he
0: talking about? Is he drinking Fireball? I thought
1: that was JR.
0: Yeah. So lots and lots of reasons. First of all, they, that puts them on my email list if they weren't already there. Um, so that even if they're not ready to buy something today, I can keep reaching them easily and for free. Uh, for the most part, free, right? I got to pay for Infusionsoft, but um, I've got 140,000, 145,000 people on that list now. And so whatever fees aren't that significant per email address. Um, so so that's one thing, but yeah, I mean, I see it as a, as a funnel. So you signed up for the beginner webinar. So as opposed to running an ad saying, you don't know who I am, um, you don't know if you can trust me. Give me your money. Uh, I'm doing, hey, you don't, maybe you don't know me because I, I, in order to spend a lot more money, I was targeting, also targeting people by lookalikes. So people may be kind of like someone who would be connected to me, but it's not. Um, so it's like, hey, you may not know me, but there's this free webinar. It's for beginners. Make sure you sign up for it. And then so they sign up for that. Hopefully they attend it, about 20% attended. But then there's also a percentage of people who watch the replay. So on the webinar and during the replay, I also mentioned the related program, four-week program. So they could buy immediately from there. Most don't at that moment. Then I send an email, say, hey, here's here's the replay. Also, I mentioned uh, you know on the webinar about my four-week program. Make sure you go sign up for it. And then I'll send them a couple emails heading up to the actual start of that program. So you know, the hope is we'll get a lot of those people, a decent chunk of those people, to sign up for the four-week program. Whereas if I would have spent my money just on promoting people who don't know me to sign up for the program, that probably wouldn't have worked very well. So it's a matter of showing them the value first, getting them on the email list. Maybe they don't sign up for the four-week program at all. Maybe they eventually buy something else. So without adding them to my email list, I don't have that option.
1: All right. So if I take a step back and deconstruct what I think you're saying that I'm maybe missing, you enjoy doing Facebook ad campaigns. Um, Do you not enjoy so much doing the
0: email campaigns? Yeah. Are they one and the same? Or are they different? Oh, they're they're different. I mean the the way we approach it is the same. It's just that I am not an Infusionsoft campaign expert. If I could find someone who can show me how to do what I do on Facebook and do it properly in Infusionsoft, I, I don't know. We might not even hire anyone to do it because I kind of enjoy that process. But when I don't know how to do it, it pisses me off. <laughs> I, right. You know, it's frustrating. So, so right now, the way I do it without an automated campaign is I do it manually. So um, after, you know, like I said, after the webinar, I sent out an email saying, hey, here's the replay. Here's some notes on the four-week program. Send another note like a day or two later. Here's, here's some notes about the four-week program. Um, here's a link to it. And then I'll happen at least one more time heading up to the start of that program next week. Um, emailing those people, not emailing my entire list, but emailing those people who attended or who registered, um, which is more than 3000 per webinar, more than 3000 people per webinar. There is some crossover overlap between that as well. Um, so I'm doing that all manually right now and also making sure to exclude anyone who already signed up or signed up for the level above or signed up for the power heroes club. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing.
1: So, but, so you said Facebook ads, the the way that you build those is so much easier. Oh, I wouldn't say that. more fun? I wouldn't say oh, okay. it's easier. So, I would definitely not say it's okay. easier. It
0: is, it is definitely complicated. And I, I talked about this, uh, I think it was in one of the webinars this week is that, um, and this, this is partially overboard in that I just want to make sure I reach the right people and exclude the right people. I have 54 exclusions. In some of these ad sets so that's kind of obsessive um, and it's give me an example give me an example of, uh, for those who don't know what an exclusion is like myself so an exclusion would be an audience of people you want to make sure does not see this ad okay got it so it's just a matter of making sure okay for this is this kind of came up in our you, our conversation you and me earlier today about how complicated an email campaign can get so it's like, okay, you, let's, let's reach everybody who registered for this webinar, but I don't want this you know, promoting of this to go to anyone who registered for that but already signed up for this four-week program or signed up for the four-week program above it or is already a Power Hitters Club member. So that, that's an example of how that applies to Facebook ads. Now, the difference of Facebook ads is there are multiple ways you can exclude people um, for the same thing. So, for example, um, I want to exclude everybody who hit the thank you page of that training program. That's not going to get everybody. I also want to exclude all the email lists or the email addresses that were part of the the customers who who bought that program already. That's not going to get everybody. You know, that kind of thing. So it's on and on and on. It's it's kind of frustrating, but when you get it working, it's kind of fun in that way. So, so we, going back to designing
1: an amazing campaign, do you think that exclusion is a skill? I Meaning, do you think that, that this is something that's ever-evolving for people when they're designing Facebook ads, when they're designing email campaigns,
0: or, or anything else? Well, I think most people don't do it right. So, okay. So, well, either, what do they need to do? Well, I think that either they don't exclude at all, so you're promoting a product... Without making sure you remove the people from targeting who already bought it, assuming they can only buy it once, so that, that's on the simplest terms that that happens all the time. You're like, dude, I already bought this. Stop showing me the ad. Well, um, why? Why do people? Why should you exclude anyway? Because you're wasting money showing something to some, somebody that can't buy it because they okay. already bought it.
1: Why, why else? Why else is, is uh, excluding
0: beneficial? So, you don't waste money. What else? I mean, really, that's the primary thing because well, so, so it's not just the people who bought that product, but in my case, it's the people who so promoting the beginners program. Um, I want to exclude anyone who bought the intermediate program because they also get access to the replays of the beginners program. And I also want to exclude the power hitters club members because they get access to all this stuff. So I, I'll t- I'll give you another example. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think from our experience,
1: because you're so good at exclusion and yes, that's the only compliment you're going to get. And that's only on one fireball shot mm-hmm. that the, because you're good at exclusive, excluding our list is the size it is. And it's as valuable as it is Right. because we could have we could have a list of 500,000 people but i think our list size of whatever it is 130 now 135 145 145 okay so 145,000 people would you say that because you did were really good at exclusions that that's a a a list that has a high propensity to engage with us doesn't mean buy just engage engage could be register for free webinars it could oh, be oh man
0: i mean i tell you that I was blown away last week, just not to jump off topic, but when you mentioned that, register for the free webinars. So yeah, some of this is about not necessarily adding new people to the list. It's uh, getting people into these webinars who are already on my list because that gets them into this particular funnel. I sent out an email last Thursday inviting people to sign up for these free webinars, and there were, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I went from... moments before saying I want to get a total of 3,000 registrations for this thing by next Monday because it was like Wednesday or Thursday when I said that to we got over 9,000 total registrations Uh, and a big part of that was because I hit my email list twice so these are people already on my list so I'm not adding new people but I added them into the funnel for this and um So, yeah, to answer your question, these people are highly engaged and they're more like they're they're like because they're high quality and do the right targeting and excluding everything else. they are people who are likely to want to be participating in that webinar. They're also likely to want to read my latest blog post when I promote that or, you know, buy my latest product.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think that this might be a blog topic at some point. On you just talking about the topic of exclusion and how to get better at it. Because a lot of people don't know how to get better at excluding.
0: Yeah, and and, so, and to kind of piggyback off of excluding, it's a matter of also not exhausting the audience you are targeting. So one thing I'm really careful about, especially with people close to me, it's kind of difficult with like other audiences of like, lookalikes or interests and things like that. But one audience that did has done really well promoting to that um, signs up for my webinars at a very cheap price is any uh, the people who are most active on my website during the past 10 days. So people who have visited my site at least two times or are in the top 5% of most active users on my website during the last 10 days. And since that's a moving window, if you're most active this 10 days, you may not be the most active the next 10 days or the 10 days after that. It's, it's unlikely that you'll always be in that window. So um, for most people, I'm just going to hit you for 10 days promoting, the, promoting these webinars. And that's kind of an example of ways of you know, trying to um, avoid waste of money because it keeps showing the same ads to the same people over and over and over. Also, try not to annoy people. Uh, by by showing them those same ads, and which can hurt you ultimately in trying to get sales.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So on to trying to simplify this complex process of designing amazing campaigns. What do you do to try to simplify it? Do you record your voice and say, hey, here's how I want to... Target. Here's what the messaging. Do you write it down on
0: a piece of paper? Do you mind map it? What What do you do? In terms of putting together those campaigns?
1: Yeah. Just how do you design them? I mean, I'll tell you. You just sent me a process map a couple days ago. On hey, here's the sequence at, you know, how we do this. I'm just trying to get your technique and find out how to to help people who are listening to get. It out of their head and onto whatever to to figure out how to design these, the way to reach them, the way to message them, you name it.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it's tough. I that I won't I won't say I never write it down. Um, I mean, it is a process that's pretty familiar to me, as far as you know how I go about it, and so so. One campaign, I'm promoting content to try to increase website traffic. Another campaign, I'm targeting people who visit my website and uh, to uh, increase to, to get them to sign up for my webinars. Also promoting to people who visit my website and other things. My um, quiz, so if you take the quiz and it says, "Hey, you're a beginner," um, take take this webinar. Um, so there's this, this structure that is in my head. <laughs> um i do like i use evernote so i will kind of map this stuff out in a very simplified way not in that way at all that i sent you because like, that that's not fun to me at all like creating all that all those charts and all that kind of stuff
1: for for those that are wondering what he's talking about john sent kind of a campaign campaign flow chart uh, which had if then scenarios and yeah, I bet that was a little bit
0: much. Oh, well, and I'm not even comfortable that it's what I want. You know, I mm-hmm. when I sent that, I was like, oh, because there are all, so many exceptions to the rule and like so many considerations in terms of, you know, okay, well, if they bought at this point, then take them out. You know, just make, clarifying some things. And um, so yeah, that, that whole thing's not a lot of fun. For, that's that's why I, I I do like to wing it. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with winging it. <laughs> Um, because instead of talking about it, you do it, you know, and that—that's my biggest issue with this creating that flow chart and everything else with that email campaign. Is like I'm still waiting to get that damn. How long have we been waiting to get that email campaign out? And I, I can just sit down and throw out the in Power Editor my campaign in a few minutes, and it's running, and it's kind of fun to sit back. So that—that's why you like
1: designing Facebook ad campaigns more than email because
0: it has more of a winging it well because I, I I'm comfortable enough with it that I can just throw it together and publish it and immediately start seeing results as opposed to I'm putting together this flowchart. I don't know how accurate it is I'm not the one who's going to implement it I don't know when it's going to start running if it's ever going to running ever going to run I don't know if I just wasted my time <laughs> you know No, you didn't waste your time, but but I I get your point.
1: I get your point. It's more heavy lifting when we're having to do email campaign work in Infusionsoft or whatever marketing automation systems that people use. And on the Facebook ad sign, you just have a lot more competence, confidence, and you're way more bold to try things because you've got experience doing that. A lot of people don't have that confidence they don't have the courage to to try like you try so would you say another component to you know let's just say winging it you know what is it, how, how does winging it look is it just throwing something against the wall and making a stick what what does winging it look like
0: yeah i mean it's, it's assuming you're comfortable and you know what you're doing i mean winging it's i think kind of thrilling and fun and because you can just to say, I've done that email that I sent out last week that resulted in thousands of new registrations was completely spur of the moment I just winged it and sent it out um that's fun that to, to see that happen as opposed to like talking about that email for weeks at a time and when's it gonna go and who's gonna see it and what, what like no just write the email and send it um but I think this kind of goes back to some of the frustrations I had when uh we talked was it last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was, but the five-year anniversary of you know getting laid off and all that stuff, and like delegation, and um, there's a balance in there somewhere. Like if, if I don't delegate, then I'm comfortable winging it, right? But if I'm asking someone else to do something for me, I don't know if we really want to wing it because <laughs> then I'm not as comfortable about uh, if we're doing it right, if we're just winging it. Uh, And I'm not doing it. It, But on the other hand, but I don't want to be so, it's so important to this process where I've got to put together the entire structure and we got to, you know, talk about it for months on end before it actually happens. So it's a balance in there. It's really frustrating.
1: Yeah, well, and and I I just sketched out this because I, in my experience with you and in general with lots and lots of CEOs and solopreneurs, there is something about launching slowly, and you can launch slowly when you delegate too much, when you have too much structure, and launching slowly may mean never launching. So I think you get energized because of you're able to launch faster, and you're able to learn quicker, and the only way to do that is winging it and delegating less. So it all in all, it it is all an art, not a science, because each person is more comfortable delegating and some people aren't comfortable delegating. Some people are more structured. That's what I like. I like to write out every possible scenario. And what ends up happening with me, I don't ship as much. And that's where you're really good. So I think there isn't a silver bullet for Creating an amazing fantasy football team or an amazing Facebook ad slash email campaign, but end of the day, you know, um, and you know, we'll kind of close this out. But I like that you stated earlier that you like to give. You know, you like to give content to where you earn trust, and by earning trust. If it's you get people to read the blog, if you get people to attend free webinars, they're able to learn. You're able to give other webinars, they're able to learn more. And then maybe they buy later. And I think a lot of the marketers in this world, today, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, they start with trying to make money, trying to get people to buy now. Mm. Would you say that's, that's been the key to your success, is getting, giving, earning trust, helping them learn, helping them learn more, and then maybe they buy later?
0: Yeah, and I would say that's partly out of mis- by mistake. Um, you know, if, if I was uh, in the very beginning when I started this website and everything else, if I, was, if I knew how to sell stuff, um, I would have probably, and I was comfortable and I liked selling stuff, I probably would have immediately tried to sell stuff. But I not only didn't know how to sell anything, I hated selling And I've always been averse to being like a used car salesman and really what's become the online advertiser marketer that you can't trust. So all I did in the early going was create a whole bunch of free stuff, free content and eventually free opt-ins. And then when I was ready to create a product, people were all about it and they jumped all over it. Um, But. I, I, so it was by mistake. It wasn't really by design. That said, I see it works, and I see why it works. If you all you have is a landing page selling your crap, there's no reason for me to to, to trust you. There's there's nothing supporting your claims about how great this product is. If you spend lots and lots of time giving, and you know writing a lot of free content. That shows what you know. This shows that it's helpful. It helps other people. Um, first of all, it provides support for why I should buy this because that's that's high quality. So that's something I pay for. It must be high quality as well. There's also a certain level of exchange happening there. Like I've heard it a million times. Like I've read your free content for years, and it's time for me to say thank you and and. Pay you for something, um, so I mean that's the way it's worked out for me, uh, but the remarketing that's involved because you've got free content is extremely effective. Being able to target people who've been to my site to get an opt-in or sell something, put them in my funnel, um, can't do that if all you're doing is send them to this one landing page to sell a product that no one has heard of before. right.
1: No, it makes sense. Well, uh, uh, on a parting note, it is a philosophy that I think you remember, and I've talked about this with you in many of our calls. I love to work with people before I hire them, mm-hmm. and that's what this is: is working with people before you hire them, before you ask them to buy from you, uh, before you ask them for a favor. I mean, I know I am amazed at how many people ask for favors. And I don't even know them. Yeah. I don't even know them. Like, they're asking me for a favor, and I don't know your name. So I think, you know, this approach of giving, earning trust, learning, learning more, and then maybe buying later, maybe asking for a favor, maybe, you know, uh, asking them to do something is, is working. So, all right, on that note, I don't have any more fireball. Mm-mm. Yeah, I've been I've been mm-hmm. out of
0: beer for like 20 minutes. All right. Well, as usual, I'm not paying. All right. Well, I've asked the bartender for the tab. I'll pay for it again, and that's been the recurring theme that uh First time
1: so. you ever paid for a shot, though.
0: It's first time <laughs> you ever paid for th- a <laughs> shot.
1: I think I might do shots. <laughs>
0: <in> <laughs> the next <laughs> I've got to go to uh, ryan's cross country meet later today so gonna, i can't be too crazy here but uh, yeah it's uh, almost noon right now but no yeah thanks thanks for being on again jr especially short notice and we could board people with fancy football, but I, th- I think we talked about some good stuff today even if we went a little late. Where can people find you? So they can find me on Twitter at
1: backup CEO. And then at BackupCEO.com. And then always my email address, J-O-H-N,
0: at BackupCEO.com. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Thanks again, everybody. Until next time, go Packers. Do awesome things. Boom. (laughs) We're out.